Welcome to Future Talent Hub, the podcast aimed at the graduate talent acquisition industry in Australia. My name is Sarah Payne and joining me is my co-host Rowan Holland. How are you doing, Rowan? Hi, good, Sarah. Awesome. Well, in this episode, we are going to talk about uh, the value of traditional summer vacation or internship programs. And is it the right approach? Um, are companies actually getting their return on investment? And why do some firms struggle with converting enough of their interns to full-time graduates? And how can graduate recruitment teams really tackle some of these challenges head on and make sure that they're maximising this incredible pipeline of talent? So the format of these podcasts uh, so far for Rowan and I have been uh, interviewing and hearing from some amazing organisations and getting their perspectives uh, and them to share what they are doing in the graduate and early talent space, what is innovative and the lessons that they've learned along the way as well. Uh, but today Rowan and I are going to actually draw on our collective experience and the two of us uh, just discuss this topic in more detail um, based on what we've seen, are still seeing, and hopefully uh, leave you with some, you know, practical advice and food for thought to take back to your businesses. So really what prevents a successful um, conversion process following the internship period? And this is a topic that I guess has come up in conversation a lot when I go to graduate roundtables and when I talk to peers in my network uh, working in graduate talent acquisition. And so I think it's, it's an important topic for us to explore, particularly um, given what's happened with COVID and organisations have, have been shifting to slightly different methods of running their internship programs. But ultimately, um, the same uh, purpose of an internship program is really to create that talent pipeline to fill full-time graduate roles. And there's a lot of effort that goes into um, campaigns and selection and onboarding for interns. Uh, but we still hear noise from organisations saying, you know, I really didn't get the conversion rate that I wanted to this year. So would you agree, Rowan? Is that the sort of thing that you're hearing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely the same. And, I, and you know, a lot of times it's about, um, which we're obviously going to talk about today, a lot of times for organisations, it's about, you know, is it linked really closely and neatly with the broader graduate talent strategy or is it, um, you know, a, a corporate social responsibility element only or, you know, is it giving someone a bit of a, a start in their career? And I think it can always be a combination of all of those things, but the linkage is something that I know we want to really hone in on. So, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and I think you make a good point there. It is... Absolutely. It's great branding when you are providing students with an opportunity to learn and gain work experience. And, you know, you certainly get uh, get that name on campus. And, you know, the more students that you're actually providing opportunity to, uh, I, I think is, is fantastic. But it is ultimately, there is a lot of uh, investment in it. And I think the first, um, you know, issue or point that we do want to talk about is around the why. And, you know, if you're running the same program each year and not achieving 
the desired outcome or results, then it is about um, looking at do you have a clear objective or purpose for your graduate program? Is it a opportunity to provide students with really invaluable work experience? Um, or as you said, is it, is it a combination? Are you trying to achieve a valuable pipeline to fill your graduate roles? Or are you trying to get some really, you know, a, a new perspective for some interesting projects you're working on and, and keen for, to get some undergraduate or student talent to help you with that? So I think that's, uh, that is a common sort of issue is, is, you know, is there really an agreed or a purpose with the business as to why you're participating? Or is it a legacy that it's sort of been run every year and this is what everyone does? I think um, you're following on from this lack of purpose can be a going along with the trap of timing as well. And, and again, the summer vacation period is quite a traditional, um, a traditional time of year when students have been, uh, have had that period off their studies and it is a good opportunity to, to sort of grab students and bring them on for a good chunk of sort of eight, eight weeks or 12 weeks. But now we're seeing universities moving to trimesters, students are participating in summer study they've also got other jobs paying jobs that they need to to do to actually help fund their studies so really is a summer a full-time summer vacation or internship program right does it actually give you access to the full pool of talent and is it working for the timing of your business what's your business cycle is it a busy time is it a downtime are most of your team on leave in december and january and then the rigour of the selection process is also an interesting discussion because do you run the same sort of rigour for an intern uh, selection process as you do for your full-time graduates? Are the business actually seeing it as, uh, as a future pipeline and, and making those hiring decisions based on a, on a longer-term view or really just an opportunity to, to, try, and buy, uh, to, to try out uh, before you buy and then the program itself, and this is probably a big one, Rowan, and could potentially warrant a bigger discussion, but you know, is the program set up and established properly? Do you have the hiring manager capability? Uh, do manage, are managers you know, really clear on their role as a, a leader of an intern, of someone who really doesn't have experience, who's new to, the, new to actually working in an office? And that can be a big responsibility. So it's about creating you know, meaningful work, uh, support, uh, opportunities for team collaboration, soft skill development, you know, is that investment and effort being put into those interns? And it's important that they probably do get a lot more than just, you know, day-to-day -day tasks allocated to them. And that ties into the assessment and conversion processes itself and other students being given the opportunity to demonstrate their performance enough to be assessed for a full-time role and is the are there set competencies that they're being measured against is everyone being measured against the same competencies are the decisions being made by one hiring manager or multiple individuals who actually are observing that um, person's work so let's face it I think we've all we've all been there uh, and and seen these challenges and and I guess uh, we're still seeing them um, with organizations so which is why we really wanted to to uh, investigate this uh, this topic further today. So, Rowan, is there anything that you wanted to add on those common issues, or maybe we can move to some solution mode now? Yeah, there's definitely some. Um, I mean, obviously, they're the key thoughts, and that's the angle that we're taking in this episode today. So, yeah, I think we get into um, 
kind of our ideas that we're going to throw around and let's um let's sort of unpack them a bit more there i think yeah, great. And and obviously, you know, Robin and I have we do have a lot of experience, but we may not have all the answers here. I guess it's everything is is really you know every organisation is different, every context is different. So I think what we want to do is really start um, creating you know that opportunity to think and um, and challenge some of these legacy situations so that you know businesses can actually get the best return on investment when when you know um, participating in these programs. So, Rowan, I might just hand over to you, um, you know, in terms of this, this um, the why piece, you know, what would you say is, is a good way to, to actually start tackling that, um, that approach? Yeah, the, so with vacation, and, and we use the term interchangeably, vacation programs, internship programs, effectively, you know, we're talking about the same thing, which is this, this idea of a pre-graduate sort of program or talent program. Um, I think that, you know, there's a range of things, Sarah, that you've just brought up, things like conversion um, into grad. But, yeah, getting back to sort of why do you do it and why do you take interns on, we know that it's this talent pipeline is commonly the, the key reason that any, you know, broader graduate talent program, generally that's the, the you know, the frequently given response is, is a, a talent pool or talent pipeline of future leaders. Um, but with the... Internship or vacation programs specifically is, is yeah, what, what is your organisation really aiming to achieve with it? Is it that linkage to, you know, securing and converting the more grads, the better from that group? And, you know, companies do that really well. There's organisations I've come across in the past um, that have solely done internship programs only and not even had a formal graduate recruitment process. And that's because they, they figure that they get all their talent from an intern pool and then convert um, as best they can. So that, that's another interesting model. But really getting back to um, exactly why you do it and what, the, uh, what you aim to achieve from it is absolutely the, the, the starting point. And um, I know that we wanted to touch on things like, you know, doing a review from your previous program what worked and didn't, but importantly then, how are you going to use that information to inform your next intake or your next reason to justify, um, you know, your, your next program intake? Would you agree, Sarah, on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, it's um, you can fall into this trap of, of you know, taking you know, looking at metrics and and and, but not really doing anything with them. And I think that's the, that's the point is you've got an opportunity once you've completed an internship program while it's fresh in everyone's minds to really run a, a bit of review and diagnostic, looking at the data, looking at, you know, the students that came through the funnel, how did they perform? What was the feedback? What themes are you seeing? If a lot of students aren't actually progressing through and hiring managers are declining the majority, then you really need to look at the, the selection process or actually the expectations of the hiring managers. Maybe they're expecting too much. So how are you actually assessing and measuring these individuals? So I think it's, it is the responsibility of a, you know, a graduate team to really go back to the business and ask for their feedback, you know, talk to the interns as well and understand what their experience was like. Look for, for issues, look for gaps, uh, look where there's a disconnect 
and and then you know spend time trying um, you know piloting other approaches and thinking about ways that you can actually improve that experience from both sides. Um, and it's you know I think every year there's a, another iteration of, of these things. It's an ongoing review process. I think um, you know in this early talent space. So I think absolutely a first point of call after any internship program is, has finished is to run a review of of the data. Uh, gather the feedback and sit down with the business and really hear from them what they want and is it actually delivering uh, what they need. I just think that's a really important point. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that, that links neatly into sort of purpose, right? So as a business, why are we running the program? Um, and then what measures have we got in place to ensure its success? Um, I know that we wanted to talk about, you know, justification for hiring and, um you know, how you set up the actual structure. So, you know, that's the next stage then is you've agreed that you want it and what you're going to be measuring and the reason why, but then how do we set it up for success? So that that is the next thing, Sarah, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think, you know, if you sat down with the business and said, yes, you know, and they're fully on board and say this is a great opportunity, and it is a great opportunity to access uh, undergraduate talent early, is to then look at, okay, well, what is the right approach then we want to tap into these students but what is the right approach for our organization the work we do the site the 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 timing um, of what we do the clients we deal with so I think that probably the next step then is looking at timing and duration so based on your experience Ron I mean what 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 other options do you think if you're looking at okay some of that some of process isn't period isn't working what are some of the other options or ways that you think organizations could engage and assess you know, assess students to make some decisions around their future with the organisation? Yeah, so if we're talking about sort of timing um, and duration, so, um, you know, we all know that a a really common point of failure, and I I often sort of hear this and discuss this a reasonable amount, is, you know, if you really boil it down, commonly the point of failure tends to be the engagement of the line manager, so we sort of, with that as a, a backdrop, and what I mean by engagement of it's not just preparing and training and justifying a role, but also just, you know, logistic things. So when we're talking about timing and duration is, you know, a 12-week period over summer um, is a logical time for a line manager to go on holidays. And I know a lot of organisations struggle with this, is we want to take, you know, good solid numbers in internship, um, you know, volume, but then you know, 40% of our key line managers that are managing these interns are going to be away for two, three, four weeks over that that period. So that doesn't really set yourself up for success and importantly doesn't always create a great experience for the intern, which I know we're going to talk a bit about, you know, the brand damage and things that that can cause with, um, with talking, you know, students talking with each other when they're back at university. Hey, how was your summer? Oh, I was at X organisation and, um, you know, I didn't really have much engagement because my line manager was away. So I know we wanted to touch on this timing duration thing with, you know, the traditional model of a 12-week um, summer placement isn't necessarily the only way. We, we, we do it because we've always done it. But, you know, with more and more universities going to a trimester model, they don't, that doesn't always fit neatly with, with the timing. So... You know, what are we doing as companies to help prepare, set that up for success? Uh, are we running, um, and I know that, Sarah, you and I have talked about some different ideas around 
you know, is it more like two or three weeks um, multiple times during the year and keeping that same intern engaged across a longer period, but with less work hours in one chunk. Um, so they're, they're sort of my thoughts on this. It's, um, it, it's a really interesting point in time because we're in this morphing between, you know, traditional long summers with a 12-week placement, but does that work with this trimester model? Mm. Yeah, and so the, I think the point really, um, Rowan, is that there are a lot of options out there and I think it is about thinking creatively, uh, you know, talking to the universities, understanding how they can support. And I think a lot of universities are really open to partnering and creating something that is going to be um, useful and, and good for their students and help their students. And there are, you know, integrated learning programs, which can be quite structured, uh, limited to certain times in the year. Uh, but there's also, you know, you could run, um, you know, project-based um, experience where you bring in, you know, teams of students to actually work on really kind of interesting projects for your organisation and pre present their findings. You know, that's a way to engage um, and assess students and, and as well. So I think the point is that there are opportunities to engage with and, and assess a student's uh, abilities um, in, in other times of the year and also with the, you know, organisations being more open to remote uh, working is that you can engage with students who aren't actually based in the you aren't actually turning up at the office every day and that's okay they could be based anywhere around the country they could be from remote areas but they could still participate in some really interesting work for your organization and you can give them the opportunity to demonstrate that as well so absolutely I think that's the first thing is to nut out you know what sort of engagement is going to be right for your business when are your business available to manage, assess, observe, and actually provide a great experience for these individuals, which is you know, only gonna mean that they're gonna be more engaged. And if they do get a, a graduate offer, then they're less likely to look at elsewhere as well. Obviously some organizations are nailing this smooth process, but this is where it can break down for many. And so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what is, what is a good kind of assessment method for an intern and also what's a good kind of selection process that an organisation can run through or a grad team can actually support their hiring managers through to get some fast, decisive uh, results in terms of offers out to those interns quickly. So, Rowan, I might hand over to you. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the conversion, which I know is, is something, Sarah, we, we talked about a lot in that we wanted to really, you know, unpack and talk about. So, the you know the conversion um, strategy that an, an organisation has really then determines um, you know it's linked to what talent you've obviously you're working with, but then you know how many do you convert, um, and then you know some other things that revolve around the assessment of those. So yeah, sort of in in honing into this, I've got a really great example um, of an organisation that I've worked for previously where we implemented a model that worked really well. And look, this is an idea for the listeners that they might want to, um, you know, adopt or or consider when they're looking at it. Was, uh, you know, the, the the tendency with organisations is we run internship programs, we do some kind of loose assessment, and then oh, hang on, we're going out for grads for the following year. Some of these interns are, um, you know, candidates for that. But how and when and and what do we do to assess them? So this model that we used uh, worked extremely well was um, 
effectively a self-advocacy model. So if you imagine the last week of a, a placement for an intern, we set up a cross-functional leadership panel, deliberately cross-functional in that they were eyes and ears of the business in different areas. And they were committed for, let's say, a whole day. Um, and so each intern would come in and have um, about 10 minutes to kind of pitch their reflection on what they've learned. So it wasn't just about a project they've delivered, but more about what did I learn? Um, what, what development do I need in future? What I liked, what I didn't like, just those kind of things. And then the opportunity was twofold. One, it was for the cross-functional you know, independent panel effectively to give straight feedback about what they've just heard and seen from the intern um, in their pitch. But also it acted as a double layer of when that intern then left the room, there was almost a, a calibration of we like that talent, they've performed well because we've got some data on their performance. Um, maybe a, you know, a mini performance review that's already happened and then make hiring decisions and even placement decisions for them as a graduate for the future. So it acted as a bit of a double, you know, a double edge of hearing the voice of the intern and what they've learned and providing them a voice to do that, but also giving them feedback and then making hiring decisions from it. So I think that's a really, really, um, you know, it's a, a, a great and, you know, effective model to be able to convert well. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Sarah, around that. Yeah, I like it. I think, um, yeah, absolutely. A, a good calibration process at the end of an intern program is, is essential and something that is run using you know, data gathered from multiple observation points throughout that period as well. But it's it's definitely, it's, it is also, you know, not, not just about the organisation making decision and choosing who they want, but it's so much about the student deciding where they want to go as well. And it, it's so much about their experience. And as you said, there's real da brand damage. Students talk so much about their internship program you know they're all of their peers are probably doing interns they're all comparing their their programs they're all on social media chatting about it as well um, so you need to make sure that they are actually having a great experience regardless of whether they're they're going to be offered a role or not it should be a great experience for them and giving them something to take away and so I think providing them an opportunity to actually self-reflect talk about what they learned talk about what they will take away from it is them giving them a chance and actually forcing them to really think about that, which I think in itself is is great, uh, but also showing them that you 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 know you're invested, that you care, you want to hear what they think, you want their feedback, um, and then you're also giving them feedback, which they should be given, you know what they should be working on before they start a grad role, whether it's with you or someone else, but hey, you know, these are the areas we think that you did really well. These are the areas that we think that you you probably need to be thinking about and start preparing before you start full-time work. And, and, you know, I think that's fantastic and really valuable. And I think taking it to the next step, and again, we, we won't delve too much into that sort of whole keep warm strategy, but if you are wanting to keep your interns or new graduates engaged over that final year before they join and you don't have work for them potentially to be coming back regularly then what sort of work readiness approach can you give them what additional training and support can you be providing them over that last year to actually equip them um, and and get them you know fully prepared from that for that transition and I know that's something you're really passionate about, Rowan, this, this uh, topic of, of work readiness. But I think, you know, more than ever, it's, it's really 
you know, it's so important for students to, to get that support and to really be working on those critical kind of skills uh, before they start, you know, before they get into the workforce. So all of that is really important. But I think that is a, a great example of and a great way that you can engage and assess your students after they've had that experience with you. Yeah, and, and probably my only final thoughts here on that, um, around that work readiness. I know we talked to Sarah McGlade from NAB um, a few episodes ago. So uh, that was really insightful and an organisation like that that have really, um, really embraced the idea of, well, let's not make it solely about placement. Let's make it about these critical skills that we know are really valuable for, for students to have. And the reality is interns have commonly not entered a professional workplace before. It's logically, that's what it's set up for. So yeah, real, I agree that the, the work readiness and job readiness um, side of things uh, a huge um, you know, opportunity for organisations to really blend that experience to be not just placement, but to be um, you know, a blend of, of training and, and immersions as well as, um, as well as their placement model. So yeah, uh, really interesting. Great. Well, look, I hope um, that has given our listeners some food for thought. These are certainly topics that Rowan and I could probably talk about for hours, but we don't have hours. So we will uh, we will keep keep touching on these uh, in future episodes, absolutely, and chatting to more organisations about what they're doing uh, in this space because it's really interesting and it is a real uh, pivot time at the moment um, to make some change, particularly with, you know, technology and remote working and all of these exciting things that are allowing um, greater access to this talent. So that's really it for me. Rowan, is there anything that you wanted to add before we wrap up? No, that's, I think, good for today. And I know that um, we've all, as we always do, is if there's any sort of burning, um, you know, topics or, uh, you know, points of interest that any of our listeners um, would want us to talk more about or delve into deeper, um, which I'm sure there would be, uh, is always to reach out to either of us um, to just mention that and drop drop that line because I think there's a whole, you know, almost to unpack a whole topic on a whole episode, sorry, on, on selection process, for example, or, you know, keep warm process or how do we get our interns job ready and things like that. So, so yeah, we'd love to hear more. But, yeah, no, that's all from me, Sarah. Great. Well, um, subscribe to our future podcasts, connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, we'd love to chat with you and uh, we look forward to bringing you future episodes. Thank you.